Star 20, and this is Season 7, Episode 28 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Tommy. What's up? Sam. Hey. And Jeff. Hello. Well, I think uh, we're going to have a lot to say about this uh, <laughs> topics this episode, but... Um, and I'm, uh, we're certainly going to be on Conti watch uh, moving forward here, but but I think we're going to save that conversation for a little l- later and, and kind of dig into this Southampton away match. So um, coming to this one, uh, you know, we were looking at a bottom table team. Um, it, yes, it was a home uh, fixture, but uh, but I mean, it was it was a an away fixture, which we don't typically do well at uh, but I think there was a lot of confidence coming into this one that we were going to do well judging by our predictions last week as well um, and I think the performance right out of the gate just felt kind of uh, shoddy despite the fact that we were able to get three goals um, it never felt like that we were in control this game um, how are you guys feeling about this one Jeff just gonna say the first half was so disjointed because players kept going down like flies right it was unbelievable the injuries i mean you know southampton would lose somebody then we would lose somebody um yeah so both their center backs were out we lost richarlis in what two minutes into the game um and then you know davis before half so it just seemed to be hard to get into any kind of rhythm for either team with all the replacements and then seven minutes of extra time and luckily Poro on his third try finally put one into the net yeah yeah with the same lineup and then the 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 changes it it certainly threw things off go ahead Tommy yeah um the lineup I'm not mad about I think that's what we should have done uh when Charleston had a great game previously let's ride out that momentum um deal with uh Oro though he had really bad miss a somewhat bad miss and then I'll tap myself on the back for this but uh I said oh his third shot he'll probably just hit the crossbar we'll be fine and then oddly enough he did and turned out to be a goal but um I think no but just as in general for the whole game like all three goals if it wasn't those three goals that happened we looked like shit um I think we're actually lucky to be in that position for the time being. Uh, it's It was just a comedy of errors, and I don't know. It's just we'll get to the whole Conti thing later, but, you know, it's – I mean, what else can be said? I've been saying it so many times. Um, we look like shit. We don't – no motivation. Um you know, it, it's just, I don't know. I've been on here for three, three, what, episodes in a row and just same shit, different day. And it's just, I don't know. Anybody have anything else, anything else to say about that? I mean, I'll bitch more, but I mean, I probably, we're probably going to talk about it in stages. So I'll get, I'll say my piece whenever we get there. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. I was just going to say, I mean, yeah, just playing off of what you said, Tommy. I mean, I think the first five times that Sun touched the ball, every one of them was a turnover, Um, including that one horrible one where he got that ball over the top and then just, like, shanked it 
off of his foot. Um, and yeah, everybody see, I mean, this was one of those games where, you know, we couldn't pass at all. Um, I think Skip couldn't take two steps without losing the ball or falling down. Um, we kept passing back to guys who were double teamed or under pressure. It was like, it was like hot potato. Um, nobody wanted to take any responsibility. Everybody was scared. And we're playing a team who just lost their starting center backs in the first half. And yet, you know, we were the ones who looked like such a jumble. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty unreal. And, you know, somehow we got that 3-1 lead out of it. And, you know, it looked like things would be safe. But it was then it turned into a replay of the Forest game. We almost made exactly these same mistakes against Forest down the stretch, right? Forest, we were up 3-0, then it was 3-1. Then Forrester saved a penalty or it would have been 3-2. I mean, these guys, their brains fall right out of their heads and they panic every time this, you know, we get a lead. It happened against Manchester City. Um, it's unreal. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, just kind of adding in on that. Um, unfortunately, it just seems like if we weren't playing Southampton, we would not have gotten the three goals, um, to be honest. Like, it was just seriously just more of the same we've been seeing against a lesser team. It would have been different if Davies had not got hurt. would have been different if Charleston didn't get hurt. But the fact of the matter is they did. And then um, we 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 didn't we looked like crap and like we were afraid there was not a ruthless mentality. Let's finish out this game, go home, and so we can just have you know a happy international break. Which now we're just kind of in limbo more or less. Tommy, yeah, I'm glad you brought that because I'm like everybody talks about oh we're a big club we're we we have a lot of great players. I'm like. Clubs don't do these kind of things where you have a 3-1 lead against a bottom side. Uh, they finish off the job. Um, we might have everything else to be a big club except to play on the field, unfortunately. And I talked about it with a lot of people at the bar, whether it be Sam, um, Lucas, uh, Marson, who's been in the bar recently, talked to him at length about after the game. Uh, I won't delve too much into it because I re- I'll repeat myself from the previous few episodes where the gist of it is, uh, and I say it nicely, this team is too soft. This team is a bunch of losers. And when I say losers, I don't mean losers in life. They don't know how to win. Um, and let's be realistic. Look at the guy holding the wearing the captain's armband. And I don't say this to be an asshole. I'm thankful for what he's done, Harry Kane has done for us. But let's be realistic. Um where is he for big games and or to close out close out finish the job? I, it remains to be seen. I uh, again we'll talk about Conte later, but it's well. I don't I know. You, I don't know if you can blame Harry Kane for this particular. Oh no, I don't mean that. I'm not singling him out, but I mean when I single out Harry Kane, I single him out not as the player, but I. Expect I single him out as the leader. Because let's be realistic. Yeah, Hugo Reese is the club's captain, but he's a goalkeeper. Who's the one that who's the one with the, the quote unquote leadership attributes um in the outfield? Because they're the one with the most influence. This could be Harry Kane. He's longest tenured, everyone respects him, he plays great. But 
I've told everybody I don't think he's a natural leader. He's the one that leads by example. So if you're a kid, be like, I'm going to follow this guy's example. This guy can get me to the top type deal. Um, he's not the on-field coach. He's not going to be the on-field motivator. Um, you you and, want somebody who can get into people's faces and say, you need to get this defense together. Yes. I like, and I've kick them around a little bit. Exactly. And I've said this many times. This team sorely needs a Roy Keane or Patrick Vieira, who's so, like how you said, gets up in their face, be like, do your job. What the fuck are you doing? Um, we have a lot of soft, per- and I said before, we have a lot of soft personalities on here. I'm like, yeah, Hoiberg was previously captain at Southampton. He has the Bayern Munich pedigree from years ago. I think he'd probably be the one with the most captain-like qualities that I look for. But, you know, if Harry Kane's here next season, it's he's getting the captain's armband if Hugo Lloris leaves. Jeff? Well, yeah, that's the thing. You're As everything was falling down, I didn't see anybody out there trying to establish control. And even before it was falling down, I didn't see anybody trying to take control of this game. Um, and, you know, it's 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 the same old things. We we gave up a goal, like, immediately after half. Like, these guys just walked out at, half, at halftime and, and didn't realize the game had restarted, right? Um, and then, again, another soft goal, um, you know, after we went up 3-1. These guys cannot concentrate for an entire game. It's amazing. I've never seen, a, a, you know, a team that does this except us. And we do it every season, you know, for everybody who says it's all Conte's fault. and. Um, and then the last two games, we brought guys in as subs, and each of them gives up a, a stupid penalty late. You know, where's the mental concentration with this team? Uh, Tommy, you want to jump in there before I go? Go ahead. Yeah, I'll say a little bit. So I'm glad you brought up the whole penalty with SAR, or at least I'm assuming that's what you were alluding to. Um, yeah, me, that that one and then the decky one from Forrest, which, oh, yes. which was, this one wasn't. Yeah, we got a little lucky with that. No, but with Tsar, uh, I think we all could agree that was a very soft call. Um, barely contact, and any contact, if anything. Um, I forget who got fouled, but he made a meal out of it. Tsar, um, don't get me wrong, he shouldn't have had his leg up as high. But let's be realistic. Even if that penalty happened, like how I've said before, aside from th- those three goals, we looked like absolute dog shit. That should, if anybody's going to blame Sar, I think you're way, you are a way off the mark. There was so many other things wrong with that game, and to single him out for that is very unfair. Because, I mean, let's be realistic. The goal, uh, Adams with the goal right after this second half restarts mental lapse and concentration second goal uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give a lot of blame to dyer on that where he went back instead of trying to put pressure on walcott there i'm like what the hell are you doing um third goal i mean we, i just talked about it with the whole penalty on i mean can't save all the penalties unfortunately but i mean those two goals should have not have in theory or it could have been easily been mitigated anthony well, it- and it's not even just the goals for me. I mean, this is a, a, a Southampton that's horrendous. They play an open style, uh, um, and we're letting them get like half the possession in this match. They they weigh they they more than doubled outshot our shots on target. Like they had 19 total sh- shots, seven on target compared to our three on target. 
So we only the ones that we scored were were on target for us. Um, it it really it is frustrating how pathetic this team looked throughout the match. Um, and maybe Richarlson going off early threw us off, and then Ben Davis, as we've been saying these last few episodes, is such an important player for us because he can um, do multiple roles, and 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 he he's been our best wing back since uh, Perisic really hasn't stepped up, and Sessegnon's chronically hurt. Um, but it is just no ends of frustrating to me. Um, I think Jeff, you wanted to go. I was just going to say, I mean, you know, one of the criticisms leveled at Kante is that he doesn't rotate the squad enough. But even when he does, and if he has to make subs like he did here, it doesn't work. It's like the guys we bring in off the bench, unless it's Son, right, um, who come in to prove a point. It's, you know, the guys who come in, like, come in sleepwalking half the time. Um, and, Tommy, you're totally right. The 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 collapse here against Southampton is not Sars' fault at all. Um, you know, he just he's just the one who got you know hit with the unfortunate penalty. But it's just symptomatic of the entire team. You know, everybody's like going through the motions um, and you know thinking about where they're going to dinner or something because they sure as hell are not concentrating on the match. And one other thing that this proved is that you can never ever have Longley and Perisic on the left. Um, I knew it wasn't intentional since Davis started and he had, you know, Conte had no choice. But those two are so slow and can't cover anybody together. You're right, Dyer was to blame for the Walcott one, but the other one, you know, those two got smoked as usual. Yeah, I mean, the the the, the only positives from this game is that we did have some pretty good goals ourselves. But we should be getting those goals against this team, and it took a lot more effort than it should have. I mean, the Pedro Porro one, we have to give him credit for just coming out and uh, and, and getting something on the board right away. But then, yeah, it, it all gets washed out like a minute later. Um, you know, Kane, again, comes out and, and scores for us. And, uh, you know, Perisic, um, I have to give him credit. That was uh, He really uh, threaded the needle there with his shot. Um, and we did do some stuff to create those. It's just we're not seeing enough of that, and I do think some of that comes down to squad strategy. I mean, we're not playing to have more opportunities than the other team. We're playing to just make the most of the few opportunities that we get, and that's clearly not working for us. We're not good enough. Our defense is not good enough to hold off the board. Um, we, and I will say that Conte has a complete unwillingness to change up the formation, try something different. Um, even when he makes subs, like he's keeping the same formation and I get it that that formation works for some teams. It's certainly not working for this group of players and I'm not taking anything away from what, what Tommy said about the mental weakness of a lot of the players on our squad. But I, but I do think Conte shares some of the blame here. Um, uh, Jeff? He does. I mean, definitely, um, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around here, and we'll t- talk about that soon, I think. But, um, you know, Conte Ball worked last year. You know, after the Burnley defeat, Conte had a rant that was not too far off of the rant. 
I mean, he went nuclear this time. Um, Burnley was kind of the dress rehearsal. But after Burnley and that United loss, where at least we played well on offense, um, you know, we we looked great the rest of the season. You know, we closed the season out great. We were smoking teams. Our our defense was fantastic. Son won, you know, was co-winner of the Golden Boot. So how did things fall apart? Even this year, the beginning of the year, we started out, we were like 7-1-3. and three. It was one of Tottenham's best starts ever. And then the wheels came off. You know, how did things fall apart so so fast? Um, you know, if it's, you know, it could be everybody else adjusting to our tactics and Conte being inflexible, but it was working. Um, you know, did the, and we were falling apart before the World Cup, so I don't think we can even blame the World Cup. It's just mystifying. It It's very, very similar to Jose's first full season where he had us in, you know, we were battling Liverpool for first come the holidays. And then we had that West Ham game. We went up three, nothing, blew that, wound up in a draw. And then we choked twice to Liverpool and that was it. The players went in a shell. You know, and, you know, the season collapsed from there. Um, you know, we've seen this script before. And, you know, when we get into the, the Conte rant, I have more things to say about that. There is a cultural problem with Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, Sam? Oh, yeah, it's just that's one thing. Like, you know, obviously, like I, everyone kind of has a role to play in the blame for this. And like the... Um, collapse in the season. I mean, obviously, we can't not talk about, like, certain injuries that happened at inter-opportune times, whether it have been, like, Decky, Richarlson, um, Romero, close to the World Cup. Those all played a factor as well. Uh, but at the same time, the, the squad has been uh, kept together. We haven't really made the best of, like, what we already had. And that kind of comes down to just manager being inflexible in his tactics. I feel like someone else would have been a little bit more flexible in formation. Um, it, when it came to injuries, others have not. He clearly has not been. Tommy? Yeah, I'm, like I've always talked about in the past, Conte's uh, inflexibility. I think a lot of it, though, is... He said in the past, he's going to give us the best chance to win. Um, so because of that, he feels this is the best way to go. Uh, don't be wrong, our, the midfield is getting murdered. We could have, we definitely could have used a third midfield or so. Kind of was hoping Sar would start, would start but um, unfortunately that didn't happen. But um, again, we'll talk about this later, but I mean, like, yeah, there is some stubbornness with Jose Mourinho. I think once he lost the locker room, he's just like, fuck this. But I'm like, with Jose Mourinho, though, like, we can at least say that, you know, after 30-some minutes one time, he subbed out Eric Dyer. He's like, yeah, this ain't working. So I've got 86 yard of this game. You know, so... Un- <clears throat> excuse me. So, unfortunately, there is plenty of blame to go all around um, for a variety of reasons, too. So, like, you know, whether it be the squad looking not like they're up for it, just looking lost out there, Conte's inflexibility, not rotating out the squad. Um, I, I've always complained about that, too, because, I mean, let's be realistic. Uh, Oliver Skip, while he's looked great ever since he's been starting consistently, 
him and Sar should have been starting a lot earlier or should have had more playing time. Um, could have, unfortunately, with Daniel Levy, you know, he's, you got to you you got to play the cards you're dealt. So, uh, how else are you going to build depth? You, you know, he I feel like kind of like with Pochettino, he he's burning through or he's burning out a lot of players right now, and I mean, unfortunately. Like I talked about last week, I'm like, let's get a win, get into a international break on a high. Unfortunately, in classic Spurs fashion, it's like so glad that the international break is here because the bleeding can stop for two weeks. Um, maybe the team can do a mental reset. I don't know. We'll just we'll see how it goes. I guess it's it's just we're. I feel like as a Spurs fan, like. Yeah, if we were if we were under Pochettino, it's like yeah, we're playing well though, or at least we're playing exciting football, or we're higher up in the table. But like right now, whether it be Arsenal, you know, still leading the league, yeah, we're fourth right now. But that's going to end very quickly once Newcastle catches up on games, I would suspect. And also, uh, we haven't been playing well. It's like we're we're in this weird purgatory right now, and. I think a lot a lot of me does hope that the season ends pretty quickly, but whatever. Well let's, well, let's go to MVP, uh, and we're we're going to start with uh, Jeff this time. Oof, um, you know I'm going to go with Poro. Um, you know, he did have those two pretty bad, you know, uh, Sissoko esque misses, but the you know he hit the third one, and he was real dangerous on the right side. You know, he created a lot of havoc. Um, and uh, I saw him back there defending a couple times, too. So I thought he had a pretty all-action game. Well, and if he has three opportunities and gets one of the three every game, I'm going to be more than happy with his performance. That, that's better than pretty much anybody else, right? Yeah, yeah no, certainly. Uh, Sam, who do you have? I'm going to go with Poro as well. He looked pretty dangerous down the, down the right. Um, got back and defended. Got a goal. Um, after those two missed chances, but it's still it's more than a lot of guys had given us during the match. Um, you know, it was it was good to see him have this match. I thought was one of my favorite um, bright spots. I I was excited anytime he got the ball, and I really hope that whatever comes, he's a part of the next project because I think um, he's going to fit in well and. and he offers us something that we haven't had in a while at that position. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'll just agree at this point, uh, Poro is my MVP. Do, do you have anybody different, Tommy? No, I mean, uh, got a clean sweep for Poro. I'll just say this right now. Uh, Dayon, yeah, he's had a bad run games, but let's be realistic. Yes, or on Saturday, he looked pretty good. So um, realistically with Dayon, he's going to be signed on permanently. That's what everybody knows, pretty much. So with Dayon, I'm like, I'm excited to see the future for this partnership. I think it's, on at least on the right side of the field, we're going to be sitting pretty. Yeah, I think that, that, that part will definitely come together. Uh, let's go to LVP and back to Jeff. Wow, this is just like you know, choose your own adventure here, right? <laughs> Everybody is so bad. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna single out Son though, because like I said, wow, you know, you come out against Southampton and turn the ball over five straight times. Um, I know he had the one assist, um, 
I don't know. I, I am so disillusioned with him. I don't know. I mean, it, supposedly there's been some physical things going on. He did play through the World Cup, but but he was bad before all of that. Um, I don't, it's bizarre how you can go from being, um, you know, co-golden boot winner to, you know, what what little he's producing now. And, you know, much of this game, Perisic wasn't out there next to him. That's always the excuse, right? Is he... You know, him and Perisic out there that restricts him. Well, that wasn't it until Davis went out. And most of those turnovers came during that period. So I'm giving it to Sun. Okay, uh, Sam, what do you got? I'm going to go with Sun as well. Um, he, get, he had the one assist, but he just didn't look threatening at all. He hasn't looked threatening very much all year, I think. Um you know, I want to say he's get he he still has it in him, but I, I just don't see it now. Maybe he's just not having fun on, under the current system. But time will tell, and you know, maybe he's part of the squad next year. Maybe he is. I just kind of hope the best for him. Yep, that that, that makes sense. Uh, but Tommy, yeah, I don't disagree with Saw and I actually vote for Dyer. Uh, I actually. For me, it was a toss-up between Dyer and Longley. Both played subpar. Um, and I said it before with Dyer, uh, how he wasn't doing well in, or how I felt he was very, a, a lot of responsibility was his fault for the second goal. Um, so I'll give that. So th- that's why I'm giving it to him, mostly. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. I think it's a defender in this one, as bad as Sun was. Um, we, we still scored three goals, but, um, we, without Sun, but, uh, we gave up three goals with, with this defense. So I think it has to be one of them, either Dyer or Langley. And, uh, uh, I, I think I'll agree with Tommy and Dyer shares, shares more of the blame for this, uh, loss. Um, well, um, we've got to move the conversation along into the, the press conference afterwards. So uh, I'm not going to read directly from the, the presser. Um, I think most listeners have at least heard quotes from what, uh, what exactly what Conte said. Um, He came out after the match and and let me say that um, I don't particularly um, think that uh, he's necessarily wrong about what he was saying. Um, but the, the way he attacked players seemed to be the, the concern. Um, and I do want to go to our, uh, question from loyal listener Shubes on, on this one. So, uh, Tommy Shubes asks us a question. Yes, he did. Uh, Shubes, hopefully you're doing well. We'll see you in May. Um, his question is, what do you feel in Conte's rant about the board players and club's culture was untrue? Stay well, guys. Um, I'll just say my piece before Jeff, Anthony, and Sam continue. I don't, I can't say anything he said was wrong. I mean, realistically, I've said it before, I've said it many times, he echoed what I've said. Uh, he probably thought about this a lot of times. I don't think this was a knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> he probably assumed, like, oh, maybe we're going to turn the corner against Nottingham Forest and also Southampton. Because um, you can tell that he was very fired up after the second and third goals. And then of course that came crashing to a halt. So 
Uh, who wants to go next? Sam, Jeff, Jeff, what do you got? Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything he said. I think the most of the criticism about it has been two things. One, that your manager should never say these things in public, right? That this is a fireable offense. And typically it has been in all sports, right? There's been some famous NFL blow-ups like this too, where the guy, where, you know, the guy quickly got fired and our only Elia here in Chicago with the Cubs. Um, so he's going to get fired. I think we all know that, but that doesn't mean what he said was wrong. The other problem, of course, is that he didn't take any of his share of the blame, um, you know, which which would and he we everybody knew he was leaving anyway, right? He didn't sign a longer deal. He wasn't going to stay. So that kind of cuts off some of his moral high ground. Even so, it was really refreshing to have somebody come out and air all this in public because this is what we all say all the time. I mean, I think we all see this um, and I don't know. I don't see how anybody as a Tottenham fan could be anything other than depressed that this is where we are again, right? We had Pochettino for five years and then he takes us to the Champions League final. He, as soon as there's a hint of, and then he tells everybody, oh, we need to have this massive rebuild. It's going to be a painful rebuild. You know, nobody's going to like it. We're all going to hate it. He, the very next season, it's true. Everybody's playing like crap. And as soon as there's trouble with Levy, do he, he doesn't back the manager who's been there and warned that this was going to happen. He fires him, supports the players, and the cycle starts, right? We bring Jose in. Jose winds up saying the same thing. He gets fired, bringing Nuno you know, after seven other guys fell through. Nuno separates the club into an A team and a B team right, the B team to play in the Europa Conference team because he knows the team is so shit. He can't even rotate guys in. So he puts them on the B team. Harry Winks cries about it to the press. You know, oh, we're so unmotivated because we're on the B team. It's because you suck, Harry. Um, and, and you know, and Nuno was a bad manager, but even so, what well, you know, he got dealt a bad hand. He gets fired. Conte comes in. Yeah, we can't say, oh, he's a dinosaur like like everybody was saying about Jose, who, by the way, went on to win the Europa Conference League that we couldn't even get out of the group stage of and uh, and still has Roma going in the in the Europa League now. So Conte comes in. To be fresh. fair, we're going to play the game in that one. Just not, not to, well, <laughs> OK, let's say we could have beat Red, maybe if there was no COVID, but but still. Um, and then, you know, Kante comes in one year off of taking Inter to a title, you know, so he can't say he's a dinosaur, but he can't even fix this mess. He finally gets the team into good enough shape that we finished last year brilliantly and get a top four. And then the wheels come off the bus again this year and guys decide, you know, they can't listen to him. In addition to the problems that he has about being inflexible and not rotating and other things too. Um, and it's just, we're just spinning. This club is just spinning. And until Levy, you know, stops doing this and goes back to a project manager model like he did with Joe, with uh, Pochettino, that this is going to be our lives. Well, for me, it, it it really wasn't what he said. It was how he said it because it, there was no love of the club there. It, it wasn't about. Um, this is what's wrong with the club. And if you just come, come and, and back me 
I'll get you there. Uh, I, I love this club and want to be there. It was none of that. Um, like we, we never got a sense that there was any love for the, the club, it, it, just the blame. And the blame certainly is deserved. I have no question about that. Uh, but the way he c- came out, I mean, yeah, like I, I don't think there's any coming back from that. And I mean, as of today, um, all the talk is that it's a pretty sure thing that he's going to be sacked. And they're already talking about the replacement, which we'll talk a little bit more about in the second half. Uh, go ahead, Sam. Uh, so, as you guys know, I've been a long uh, advocate for Conte. Um, um, I, the day Jose was sacked, I was on this podcast. I said he should be our next manager. Um, with that being said, um, yeah, his record does speak for itself. I kind of wish he took part of the blame. But like Jeff said, it was refreshing to hear this. You know, a lot of the players haven't changed. Um, the board itself, for us as fans, it's like they've never given us, like, post-stadium opening a clear vision for the club. And, you know, a lot of us are as a fan base, we're just like, we just want to go back to seeing attractive football. I do too, but at the same time, you don't build the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, you don't build that new training ground in Enfield you know, with the goal of just being top four every year, you've got to start going for things, um, coming up with a project way to turn over this squad to the point where we're back at it. I mean, with what we have right now, teams should be coming into the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, looking at that south end and shitting themselves. Um, uh, Just because, like, we've shown... In our projects, ambition to grow, but it's like, what, what have we done for it, like on a squad basis? Yeah, uh, Tommy, you want to jump in there? Yeah, I, I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, what Conte, I said, Conte, what Conte said, there was nothing wrong. Yeah, he probably. I watched uh, what match of the day. Vion Dublin's like, yeah, I probably should have said that in private. I don't disagree. But I'm like, <clears throat> the argument can be made is maybe he said this to the squad many times, and he need to put them on blast publicly so everybody knows. Well, uh, I will jump in there because apparently he 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 went went into the locker room and did not talk to anybody in there. Uh, so the first that they were hearing this after this match was from the press conference. Uh, well, so- I mean- uh, that that's problematic okay. if you're not going into the locker room and telling uh, the players like this is how you screwed up like this is we've talked right. about this 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 is what what's wrong you're you're if he's calling them mentally weak there that's the but, appropriate place for but, it. like if you're not going to do it there then you should certainly shouldn't do it to the press first right but here's here's another question though. Maybe Conte has said this to the players in the past. Clearly, they haven't listened with the way we've been playing. So, where else can you know? Is this your last-ditch effort to motivate the squad? Maybe it is. Um, Do you really feel that way, like, the way things have been going? Like the, and, and This has been going on since October, September, October. Like, he's – do you really think he feels that way now? Like, oh, I've just told you that so, so many times, like – 
you're still like the coach. You have to have ownership of the squad. But no, uh, of course not. But I mean, it's like telling a a coworker, a little kid, a friend's like, don't put your hand in the flame because you will get burned. Tell them so many times they keep doing it. It's like, what's the point? I'll I'll put you on blast to your mom, your aunt, grandfather, whatever. I mean, <clears throat> I still, like I said, I still agree that he should have done this in public. Um, and while it does confirm what I thought this whole time and constantly lose it too, it's like, I don't want to be proven wrong or I want to be proven correct on this, especially with teams that I love. So again, yeah, I do believe there should be some decorum or some tech that should have been involved, but I mean, you can tell that with Conte, the fire is still there. And how you said, Sam, is the fire there for Spurs? Or, Jeff, is it the fire there for Spurs? That is highly debatable right now, I think. Um, but the other thing, though, is, you know, it's when it comes to conversation with other human beings, the one who speaks loudest, the one who says it last, they're going to be the one labeled an asshole. That's Conte. Also, because of that, he's the manager. So, like... <laughs> you, you hear that you, you kind of hear this in sports all the time. You can't fire all the players. So you got to take, so like you think Levy's going to fire all the players, even in general, no way. You know, Conte is the easy way out. There Rinse was also, repeat, fire, hire a new manager. There was also a dig at the, uh, the front office here. Now, apparently he, he did a retract allegedly, allegedly retract or it. clarified. Or clarified with the the front office staff, but there was also uh, a dig at the the front office here. So we'll let Jeff kind of tackle that first. Um, one quick thing before that is, I was struck by how many times in that press conference he went back to the FA Cup Sheffield United game, because um, you could tell that that is that defeat is really eating at him, and I think that led right into this one. And even Stellini lost his mind after that game. I mean. As much as he loses his mind, he's a very, you know, calm and composed guy compared to uh, Conte. But he was very much like furious with the players. I mean, I know people are like, well, why didn't they just start Harry Kane to win? You shouldn't have had to start Harry Kane against the Sheffield United team that was mostly playing kids and was throwing the game because they wanted they were more interested in um their championship game coming up and still the guys he put out there couldn't get that job done. And I think as many times as he went into it in the presser, I think that was one of the main reasons he blew after this one. Cause it's like, I can't watch this again. You know, the, you know, I understand. I, I think we all understand his frustration with the team, with the front office. Yeah. We've, we've all been saying this all along. I just did a rant about it, right? <laughs> Five minutes ago. And even it, it's funny because when we in the summer, we were all happy with our signings. But when you look at them, there were only two of them that were really going to be starters, right? Um, Perisic at left wing back. And we thought Basuma in midfield with um, with Bettencourt. But the other ones were all backups. Even Richarlison is a backup, um, you know, and supposedly behind the scenes, you know, Conte wanted, you know, really good left left center back and and another center back he did you know so he really didn't get what he asked for from levy um again and that's another common um 
thing that we've heard. I mean, uh, Jose was just talking the other day. Um, what's his name? The, the guy from Korea, uh, Kim, um, the really good defender who's now leading Napoli oh, to the title. Oh, yeah, school of Bali. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Jose was talking about him the other day before Roma played them and was like, oh, yeah, I tried to get him when I was at Tottenham, you know. And that, and I remember that dude was pretty much begging son. He wanted to come play for us and our recruitment, you know, didn't pick him up and now he's leading Napoli to a title. So yeah, we have problems in the front office and in recruiting and. Oh, certainly. And everywhere. Certainly. I mean, like, no, but nobody's going to disagree with that. It's for me, it's not about like, it, it was just clearly clear that he, I think he's going for the sack. Like uh, he had to have known that that saying these things were gonna put put him on the rope for the, the sack. I think he just wants done the job with the job. And the part that I uh, detest about this is just because it's clearly you have no love for the club, uh, regardless of what the front office is doing. Um, we all love as fans love the club, and we're watching you. And and if you. If you want us to back you, you 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 have to actually love the club, and you're not doing that, um, Tommy. Well, I'll get to that whole loving the club thing in a minute. But Jeff, um, in terms of the transfer, I actually I partially disagree with you. Uh, we start off strong, we finished off with a whimper, uh, and I think we all know with Conte, he's not going to be here like Pochettino would be. So because of that, it's like got to stack the squad right now um if we had the end of arsenal's transfer window with our beginning that would have been fucking gravy but unfortunately that didn't happen no but loving the club though i mean i think that's a lot of it's kind of a load of crap anthony and the reason i say that is because you bring in these players to do a job uh you bring in Conte to job jose Mourinho, etc you expect them to do it to their to the extent of their abilities, regardless if you love the club or not. I mean, with my job, I don't love my job. I don't love the company I work for, I would say. I respect I like the people that I work with. I respect, you know, the higher ups and all that stuff, but I'm not I mean, but, hopefully but Tommy, nobody from work is listening, but but t- you, you t- get what I'm saying though. Tommy, have you <laughs> ever supervised people though? Like um like I work in a nonprofit as a social worker, as many of you know, I, I supervise people now. If one of the employees that works for me, um, no matter what they think, no matter how good their points are, uh, like if they're just uh, bad mouthing the company um, in public uh, when they're part of it, like so, I guess I'm saying like he doesn't have to actively love the club, but like you can't. Well, was so- he really? Was so he the really, hate that he, he that he was showing in this. Uh, but that's interview. the thing, though. Is it really "quote unquote" hate? Was he bad? Yeah, I guess. Well, he wasn't putting the club in a good light. He did. Yeah. Definitely didn't say face yeah, or anything. But I mean, you can't do that as an employee of a club. Well, of, uh, I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. But let's yeah. be fair. This is a high stress, big money environment compared to what the four of us do combined. Well, Sam actually might be a different story because he works for Marriott. Sorry if I sold you out there. But <laughs> realistically, though, it's high stress, um, high volume. You know, there's a lot of money changing hands, whether it be with the fans, concessions, transfers, etc. So realistically, yeah, he didn't say face, but I'm like, 
what did Conte say was wrong? And don't get me wrong, I did say it before. Probably should have aired these grievances on behind closed doors. I don't disagree with that. But I mean, again, the fact that he's calling these people out, he's the asshole for it. Um, as in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, sometimes I mean Pochettino never really said any of this stuff, even AVB, Harry Redknapp, uh what, Wandy Ramos. Arn Yol, Glenn Hoddle, like all these managers, or Jock Santini, all these managers during my time as a Spurs fan. None of them really badmouthed the club one way or another. I think, I mean, regardless with Antonio Conte, like, he never, I don't think he really did this at Juve, Inter Milan, what, Sampdoria, Italy, etc. So, I mean, regardless of that, if he, do, I mean, I'll say he's probably more than likely going to leave this summer. I mean, I think the bridge has been burned. Blah, blah blah, but for argument's sake, safety was here for another season, didn't win a trophy. His reputation is still intact. I, I think he's leaving a lot quicker than the summer, Tommy. But uh, well, I, but, that, but oh, sorry, I'll be quick before Sam, you can uh, come in. <laughs> Excuse me. The other thing though with Conte though is he might be pushing for the firing because I said this many times. If I can get paid fifteen million dollars to manage Spurs, I would gladly do it. Granted, I would never see out the cosmic, but I would at least get the buyout. That's probably what he wants as well. Do I blame him? Of course not. But Sam, sorry to kick the can down the road, but what do you got? Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, it's kind of sad to end it this way, but it's like from what I have, like my own experiences at work and um, like what I've seen, it's probably best for both parties to part ways now. Um, we kind of know he's not uh, going to be here with us next year. Um, he has uh, no more interest in the project. Um, hasn't shown much love for the club. Uh, but um, I think it's time to move on. And hopefully, um, as a club, we take this op- opportunity to take a page out of someone else's book. Find find a manager and outline a project, start it now, because um, quite frankly, just him leaving is not enough. Um, not, not, Chelsea's you know, book. Not, not, not Chelsea's book this time, though. <laughs> no, hell, hell, not Chelsea's book, but, you know, find a project and then start it, you know, start building during this season, because, you know, once he's on the, once he's gone, Levy, Board, Enoch, you're on the clock. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, Sam, that's the most important thing, right? I think Conte's legacy is going to be kind of whistleblower, right? Um, Especially if they're at press conference, you know, shining a light on everything that's wrong. The big thing now, like you said, Sam, is what is Levy and the board going to do about it? Um, Are they going to repeat the exact same mistakes again and learn nothing? Or are they going to try to do it the right way this time? Well, and that's a good place to lead us into half, Jeff, because... uh, We are going to have that conversation after we come out of the half. Uh, So the second half, we will talk about the the coaching rumors, who who might be the next coach for Spurs, where to go from here. Um, And then we will uh, discuss that we're going to have this international break. I don't know if we'll really talk about it. Um, And then we'll preview Everton after the break because we are going to be taking the um, international break off next week and we will not have an episode up. 
Uh, and but first, we're going to go to half. No halftime segment today. Well, welcome back. Um, I want to start this uh, next conversation uh, with a listener question, actually from our own Sai. Uh, Sai asks us kind of a number of questions, but I think we can just make that as a starting point in general for our next conversation. Uh, so, uh, what does Sai ask us, uh, Tommy? All right. Uh, hey, Sai. Hopefully, you're doing well. Um, probably see you in a few weeks. So, uh, Sai has two questions. If we set Conte. Do we hire a Tottenham person or another winner? Uh, second question, do we sell Harry? My guess he is going to go away for his last big contract and trophies. Lastly, his comment was, if Harry Kane isn't going to sign, he needs to do the right thing until maybe tomorrow. Love you, Harry. Um, I'll just get the ball rolling with both of them. Um, I don't think we should hire another Tottenham person, but not neither another winner. Winner. Uh, We've kicked the can down the road way too many times and extended for way too long. Um, we need somebody in a Pochettino mode or Jurgen Klopp mode. Ideally, somebody like Jurgen Klopp. And like, why, why Jurgen Klopp? And I say Jurgen Klopp before he went to Liverpool. Because when he was at Dortmund, he won things. He went to the Champions League final. With uh, Finally, when he fi finally signed for Liverpool, took them at least a few years to win a trophy. Uh, first one was Champions League. What was it? Four or five years. So we can get somebody like that who has experience, but is willing to a play ball with Daniel Levy. Also, um, has to have some demands. You know, bring in some. I want to shape the squad my way. Blah blah. blah. Um, see how that goes. Uh, I think we have to sell Harry. Uh, last year the contract he went a dick with us. If he's here for the rest of his career. Um. Sell him to Man United for like, I don't know, 45, 50 million. Let's use that uh, to bolster the squad. Uh, I think we're Charleston, at least should be given a shot to be the starter next year. Let's see how that goes. But we got to, we have, we have so many holes. And whether it be injuries or the fact that Conte hasn't been playing a lot of players, has shown that we weren't ready to contend and we were just exposed everywhere. Uh, who wants to go next? Jeff, Sam? Anthony, I, I just want to jump in real fast. Uh, uh, like on Harry Kane for like 50 million, uh, Levy uh, apparently said something today, at least according to reporters, um, that he would be asking 100 million um, uh, all now, so not in installments. Uh, well, for Harry he, Kane. he's not getting that. Yeah, and well, I'll, uh, I'll I think that means that he doesn't want to move yeah. Harry at all. So well, I think it's unlikely, but um, well, but go, go ahead. Sorry, I'll say my pe small piece about that. Holland got sold for sixty million pounds. Yeah, there is a transfer fee or like a what is it like the stipulation for it? It got reached by Man City, but I'm like, yeah, Harry Kane's homegrown. But I'm like, no way, he's getting sixty million. Definitely not right now. Maybe before the pandemic, if there was a year left. But now, no, no way, no chance in hell. I I, I just don't see it happening. Um, sorry, who was going next, Sam or Sam? Go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, to answer that question, you know, one, I don't necessarily, I know what you mean by winner, but I don't necessarily know what Tottenham guy means. I kind of feel like we're almost talking about Michigan football where they intensely want a Michigan man to be their coach. Uh, but anyway, we should find someone who can, like Tommy said, play ball with Levy, and then, like, we can really, you know, commit to a long-term project 
I kind of take a look at, I hate to compare us to other clubs, but what seems to be a successful model now is, you know, undertaking a project. City did that with Pep um, and are continuing to win. Liverpool did that with Klopp. They won a Champions League, Premier League, FA Cup, League Cup. Um, United started, have started that process with Ten Hag. Don't and hide from it. Don't hide from it. Arsenal did it. <laughs> I, I was I about know, to I, say. I, know, I was not to. Me- I was not. I was not going to mention them by name, but yes, that's kind of what we have to do. Um, it's going to be long. Um, you know, we may miss out on top four a couple years. That's kind of how it's going to be. Like as many club, the Premier League is more top heavy now than. It has ever been, especially like with the massive investment at Newcastle. Um, so it's like, you know, we've got to, you know, follow that model and kind of bite the bullet a little bit. Um, Harry Kane, you know, if and like I kind of said earlier, like if Conte leaves this week, the, we've got to be looking to bring in, you know, ha, you bring in someone, have a blueprint, uh, blueprint coming up. If Harry Kane doesn't fit in, you know, we've got to know that by the summer so we can start to plan forward and start planning out our transfer window because of that. Um, and I kind of just really realizing that I'm talking out of my ass right now because Levy's still our chairman. And I'm going to end it right there. Uh, Jeff? Um, yeah, on the Tottenham guy thing, I don't know if the Tottenham guy is Ryan Mason, then no, <laughs> I don't want Ryan Mason to be next coach. I'm not very happy with the rumors that he'll be the interim coach. Um, but um, if the Tottenham guy is Pochettino, I would welcome him back. He did a good job the first time. I think he's got unfinished business. He knows how the system works here. Um, and maybe with the light that Conte is showing on things and hopefully some things that maybe Levy has learned it will work better the second time um, and that he would definitely have the fans behind him and it'd be easier to keep Levy in check but um, if it's not Pochettino I don't you know I don't there's not a coach out there that I can point to and say oh, it should be that guy but it should definitely be somebody who gets like a five-year deal and with with terms in it that make it almost impossible for Levy to sack the guy, right? Because we go through a coach a year. This this is nonsense. This is what relegation teams do. Um, somebody's got to, you know, take this on as a long-term project. They got to be backed and um, see where it goes from there. Um, and uh, on Harry, um, you know, I, if he wants to go somewhere else and finish his career, you know, I, I would you know, support him on that. How can you not with the stuff he's had to put up with? Um, I saw that same report that Levy says 100 million up front, and he's probably serious because, you know, he doesn't want to be the guy who sold, you know, the club all-time leader in goals um, and he knows you know it'll hurt the box office and everything but it would probably be good for us to sell him to, just like Liverpool sold uh, uh, what's his name and used all the money you know to continue their squad yes thank you continue yeah I, and I agree that like Kane probably could have been our continue last year if we had sold him um, and it certainly could make football sense if we were going to use that money to really, truly improve 
the squad. Um, I think from a Levy standpoint, he he's worth more money to us having him on our team, possibly breaking uh, the, the the all-time league record uh, for goals scored uh, in a Spurs uniform. Um, like what you can monetize out of that is probably more valuable to Levy than than selling him for the players. But for a coach, you'd certainly want to do that move in the way that Klopp did. Uh, it's a smart project. Um, so I I get both sides. And uh, the, the part of me wants to see Harry Kane in the uniform until in in a Spurs uniform until the um, the day he can no longer play anymore. Um, but um, but it does make a certain amount of sense to uh, to move them on if we, if we are going into a uh, project, which we certainly need to do, unless he can buy into just um, you know you you might not win those trophies because it's going to be another three or four years before we're there, um, which will certainly be the painful rebuild that Pochettino always called for, which kind of makes sense for him coming back. Um, I, uh, when Poch was there the first time, especially after he brought us to the Champions League final, um, I know he wanted to move on to tr- to uh, try bigger things and go to places that he that he might be able to um, t- to push on and really start to to w- win trophies and g- get that under his belt. But I I always thought that he might be like our like uh, Sir Alice Ferguson or or Arsene Wenger. Like one of those coaches that would was going to stay with us forever. Um, so for me, him coming back, as much as I know, like there there were problems, um, I could build behind him again and 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 fall back in love with the team with the uh, the the attacking style play. Uh, Jeff, you want to jump in there before uh, everybody? Just real else? quick on the man. There was one manager, well, two managers who seemed really interesting, um, and I'm sure. You're, you guys all know why they're bad choices, but one was Luis Enrique, you know, who, you know, just stepped down as the Spain coach and he did some real good things with Spain. I mean, they, they kind of face planted here in the World Cup, but um, but before that, he was Barcelona manager and took them to a title. So he does have winning experience. He does play attacking football. Maybe he passes to death, but um, I just don't know if he's a project manager. Um you know. Well, let, this is a good place to roll into. Uh, Tommy put together um, some facts on the odds for our next coach, uh, um, and this this came out before today, where I I, I think we we had some uh, uh, rumored uh, connections uh, to uh, what's his name over at Frankfurt there, uh, Glasner, Oliver Glasner. Um, I think your number figures came out before he was being talked about, which I, I think that's more of him, his agent drumming up uh, interest uh, more than anything else. But uh, Tommy, uh, can you give us? Yeah, that? this was eight hours ago. Uh, I actually looked on Patty Power um, before I looked at oh, I forget what it was, but I or talks for, but I'm, Patty Power has more of an expansive list, which you can kind of laugh at <laughs> some of the lower odd stuff. So. 66 to 1 odds. Uh, Zinedine Zidane, yeah, that's never going to happen. Uh, 50 to 1, which actually is a very dark horse, I would say, is um, Maximiliano Allegri from Juventus. And I would say a big reason why is because he's not doing well at Juventus right now. Um, I think they're actually outside of the 
European spot. Uh, apparently, he's been clashing with Juventus board. And, you know, Juventus board's actually in turmoil right now. Uh, so that's probably why. Um, next one. <laughs> um, Roberto De Zerbi, who's the new Brighton manager. Um, he's actually been doing very impressed or impressive things for them, albeit under, what, five months. Give or take, he was the one that replaced Graham Potter when he went to Chelsea. He's a 20 to 1 odd. Um, 25 to 1, Thomas Frank, who is the Brentford manager. I think we all know he's doing very well for a um, club like Brentford. So I think he would be an easy sell to get him to North London uh, because of a probably lives somewhere in London, um, in the surrounding areas, but also let's be realistic. Spurs are a bigger club, so he could probably do more. Um, next up, another one from West London, 12 to one or 33 to one Marco Silva, uh, manages or he used to manage Watford Everton now manages Fulham similar to Brentford. Uh, Fulham's doing very well this season. Um, and they're just, what, this is their first season um, back in the Premier League because they're a yo-yo club. Uh, next one, 12 to 1. History probably will repeat itself, so if this happened, I wouldn't be too surprised. Thomas Tuchel did win Champions League with Chelsea, was previously with PSG and also Mines. Uh, Jeff brought it up, 16 to 1. Luis Enrique, former Barcelona manager, Spain manager, um, for reasons outlined before. I don't know if he would want to come here. Yeah, we made big moves with Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte, but I'm like, I don't know. It just seems suspect. Uh, one to five odds. I don't know why. Ryan Mason. He's managed Spurs for a handful of games. I, I mean, we got into Europa League or Conference League still, but for some reason he decided to bench his friend Gareth Bale. So who knows? <laughs> Is that permanent or interim yes. for per- permanent permanent? Wow. Okay. And he's only like 31. So I'm like, I don't think we're doing that. Um, lastly, this is the obvious one that I haven't mentioned yet. Six to one odds. Um, he might sound familiar. Mauricio Pochettino formerly managed some team named Tottenham Hotspur also managed Espanol PSG and also Southampton um, previously who we, uh, unceremoniously drew on Saturday. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, there's your odds. I think there's a lot of conjecture with Ryan Mason and Pochettino. I think press has probably been driving the Pochettino rumors personally. But, I mean, with Tuchel, for example, I think we know he's a capable manager. But, like, you know, Enrique, similar things. But these, you can see what they did when they were bankrolled. Um, I don't know who's got additional thoughts to this. Well, Anthony, take with, it. With Tuchel, like, I, I don't know if, like, I, and I, it might just be more emotional for me. I don't know if I want to go another former Chelsea coach at this stage, um, especially a guy that, like, right after winning, some big wins got shit-canned because of his, his attitude to the club. I just don't see how that's going to work for us. Not that I think he's a bad coach. I just don't don't see how if our players are already having problems with the other coaches in the locker room after a year or so, how long is Tuchel going to make it before that all falls apart? Uh, but l- let's go to Sam next for your thoughts in general. Yeah, I agree about Thomas Tuchel. I think he's really more a project, more or less open to a project, something where he can stay long term. 
um, more so than, say, like Conti or Jose were. Uh, but at the same time, it's the he he was kind of being bankrolled at Chelsea. Um, he great. He had to lead the. He was leading the club there, like during the whole entire Abramovich uh, bully transition, which very much transcended sports and was, you know, that that was a tough time to lead the club. And I never thought he was really bully's guy to begin with, but he has a reputation of getting at it with the board. Um, so I don't think that's where he's a really good fit. Furthermore, I read something along the line where he may be waiting to see what happens with the Real Madrid and Bayern Munich jobs. And if they think he's a candidate for that, you know, go for it, man. Uh, I'll support him in that. For me, even though he's kind of a star name, I think Luis Enrique um, would like he's interested in managing the Premier League. He would be interested in a project like Tottenham, hopefully. I I don't really think he's going to be really into working with Levy, but he does seem like a compromise where he will play um, attacking football. He's known to be very flexible in his tactics, which is different from what we just had. And furthermore, um, you know, one person who player who has spoken kindly of him was Lionel Messi, saying, you know, he was two best managers he ever played for are um, Enrique and Pep. Noticed um, he's Messi's also played for Poch as much as I love Poch. Poch wasn't mentioned in that conversation. So I think Luis Enrique is something intriguing. If he comes along, I think we would have to bring him in sooner rather than later, just so we get a blueprint of the project going. So he knows where he's going, where he can be successful. What do you guys think about like Allegri? Is that even a possibility, you think? I think it's a possibility uh, just because Prodigy did work with Allegri previously. Uh, the big thing about Allegri, I mean, history will repeat itself, was a former Chelsea manager. So, realistically, this would be the fourth Chelsea manager where we've taken their uh, sloppy second, so to speak. Uh, if anybody didn't know, the first one was Glenn Hoddle, then Jose Mourinho, Conte, and then could be Tuchel or Allegri. So, I actually wanted Allegri uh, after Pochettino got fired. I don't need – sorry, Sam, you're going to have to explain that. In a minute, I have no idea what you're uh, going with that. AVB. I was saying AVB, man. Oh, shit. That will be the fifth manager. Crap. Yeah, that's uh, – how about we stop going for Chelsea's sloppy seconds, please? Actually, that probably should be our working title, <laughs> sloppy seconds. Sloppy seconds. So, yeah, uh, yeah this will uh, be the fifth. Jeff just, also suggested burning down the house, which I think is a good episode title too. So we'll, we'll, we'll I wouldn't mind that out. either. I think any of those guys would probably, other than the former Chelsea guys, would probably interest me. But who else do you guys have in mind? I know most of you guys aren't, uh, other than me and Jeff, aren't Pochettino guys. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm also not a Pochettino guy. Uh, I wouldn't mind him back if we had nobody from his previous remnants of the squad. Here, whether it be Harry Kane, Son, Dyer, etc., because he would play those players and burn them out again. So, like with the odds that I've said, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't get anybody that. <laughs> I would not, and 
realistic, or I like to be realistic about this or anything in general, but realistically, I think the best way to go about it is a, how Jeff said, burn down the house, restart, start from start fresh, get an up and coming manager that will be here for at least four or five years. Um, you know, build some confidence with the squad we have, but turn over the squad kind of like Pochettino did. Uh, and then see how that goes. A uh, dark horse. Um, this has not been brought about, but this guy's been doing very well. The issue is he is, what is it? He is like in his early thirties. If you uh, look up uh, Stad de Reims, the manager, um, I can't, his name is Will, Will Still. He's on a very good run with Reims in league on. Um, actually, doesn't have his coaching badges yet, but I think that would be a guy that might be a dark horse. And, you know, he's 30-something. So he's going to have a lot to prove with the squad or if he, if we signed him. So wouldn't mind taking him on. Perisic is probably older than him. Yeah, same <laughs> with Hugo, too. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, it, other than that, like, Glasner doesn't excite me that much. I know that was – again, I think that was probably a rumor that came out today because he, he – he might be going. He, uh, he's not doing very well this year at Frankfurt. He might be worried about the sack or something, and uh, um, just be looking for his next option. So, well, and also what I gather. Sorry to interrupt, but what I've gathered from him, though, Eintracht Frankfurt, they play an attractive type of football. So, if we got him, I think it might be like Pochettino 2.0. We're going to be pretty. We're probably not going to win anything out of it. Um, well, I I looked him up today, and he plays uh, th- three at the back, um, so that that part would be the same. So I guess we're already kind of built for that, but maybe not good well, enough. Uh, and we, it, we don't have enough center backs or quality of um, center backs and midfield for that. So, but I mean, but he also presses a little more than what Conte does, I think, and um, and he and he also yeah. is willing to switch to more of a. Uh, <laughs> Three, four, two, one. That was actually going to be my next thing. Like, if he could show to be flexible, yeah. Those, like Pochettino, Conte, showing signs of inflexibility. We get somebody that could go with the flow. Something doesn't work. I would welcome this person with open arms. Uh, Jeff, uh, how's yeah. Your um, I was just gonna say real quick. You know, Tuchel supposedly is a Spurs fan since childhood. So there you go. He could be a Tottenham guy, but no, I don't ever want another Chelsea manager. Um, one real dark horse out there, Marcelo Gallardo, who is the River Plate manager in Argentina, who's a very attacking guy, not wedded to any system. It's basically any system that'll work, but he plays attacking football. But man, that would be a huge leap. I mean, he left them in December because he wasn't going to renew his contract, so they told him to go. He was linked with the Leeds job when that opened up. Um, but that would be a huge show of faith to, to take somebody from you know, straight out of the Argentinian leagues and put him in the Premier League, but just kind of an interesting coach. It would be like a Ted Lasso story, uh, Argentinian style. <laughs> well, at least, at least he plays football, not U.S. <laughs> college football. Uh, Sam? Yeah, kind of a dark horse uh, uh, candidate for me would be uh, uh, Eden Terzic. He's the current manager at uh, Borussia Dortmund. Um, 
you know, he come that's Brescia Dortmund, obviously good line of managers, Klopp and Tuchel included. Um, you know, he plays um, attractive football. He's young. He's about 40 years old. Um, he's had several different positions within the Dortmund organization in player development as well. Um, they were, I, I watched their matches against Chelsea in the Champions League. You know, they, they didn't get many goals, but still fun to watch. They created plenty of chances. Um, what, you know, if he's interested, why not shoot our shot? Okay, well, um, uh, Tommy, did you have some, one more thing to jump in with here? Or, okay, I think this is uh, probably a good place to roll the conversation along. Uh, we don't know who it's going to be. I think we can be pretty confident that that Conte uh, is probably getting the sack, and he, he's certainly been fishing for it. Um, so we'll, we'll see what um, tomorrow brings us, and I think it will happen during this international break. So by the time that we come back uh, from our break, um, I think that we'll have a lot to talk about uh, with the changes that have happened. Um, but it is we are going into the inter- international break, Um I think this is like the weakest of all international breaks because it's uh, really feels quite meaningless and it's kind of an annoying break to have. But I think also we, we, we need to we need this break uh, just to, to reset uh, with everything that's going on with our club right now. Um, anybody have anything that they um, have to add other than just not wanting players to get injured during this break? Uh, hopefully, Dayon. Uh, well, I think he kind of ended his run of shittiness on Saturday, but hopefully, he will do well for Sweden because I do not have faith in Sweden's manager as well. Because I think he's a big bag or a big pile of shit too. So maybe Jan Anderson can get fired there too, and maybe this will help Sweden get qualified for the twenty-four Euros. Yeah, uh, Jeff. Um. You know, yeah, just hope that uh, 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 Romero doesn't come back hurt, since it seems like every time he goes for Argentine uh, duty, something bad happens. But Yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to be watching much of this. Uh, uh, Maybe I'll pick up a little bit of U.S. uh, just to kind of see where we're at um, for building purposes, but I just don't see myself watching that much of this. Um, let's move the conversation along. So we, uh, coming back from the break, it's going to be really tough to preview Everton away because, uh, we don't even know who's going to be coaching it probably for us uh, at this point. Um, let's assume maybe Ryan Mason interim coach is probably going to be the coach for this one, but we'll see how it goes. But currently Everton sits in 15th place in the league with 26 points. That's six wins, eight draws, and 14 losses. Um, they are uh, um, they did draw Chelsea away this past Saturday. Um, they beat Brentford and Drew Forrest, lost Arsenal and Villa prior to that. Um, uh, let's see, um, Damari Gray is their top goal scorer with only four goals. Uh, Awobi is uh, has more assists than Damari Gray has, and with six, which you don't see very often. Um, it, who's also their uh, top-rated player, 
the last uh, two times we have faced them, we beat them 2-0 and 5-0 going backwards. But both of those were home fixtures, and this is going to be an away fixture. Uh, when we go back to the uh, away fixtures, we drew them both times uh, in November and April of 2021. So um, home, uh, we seem to win pretty easy away we've been drawing. I don't know if that holds up. Um, but they do have um, uh, Sean Deitch as a coach now um, who can organize them and make this a tough game uh, where the, while they're avoiding relegation. Sam, what do you got? All right. Well, not looking forward to this match one bit, mainly, mainly because Sean Deitch is kind of a bogey for us. On top of that, you hire Sean Deitch for one of two reasons. One, to keep you in the Premier League. Two, to get you promoted immediately after in case you get relegated. And we've all we've had trouble with his teams away um, at Burnley. And I expect this to kind of be like the Burnley away match from hell. Um, because... Not only are we playing an Everton team fighting for their life, relegation, their fans are enjoying their final home matches at Goodison Park. Um, so they're going to be up for it. Like, this is one of the last big matches that, granted, every match they have there is going to be big. This is, like, one of the last big matches that they have there. Um, I expect a fight, and I'm not expecting a good re- result one point at most um i think we'll feel a little bit better maybe after conte leaves but at the same time it's still the same players out there uh who wants to go next jeff yeah i mean it it feels like a trap game um with dyke there now and they have played better since appointing him um it's just so hard to tell. Like you said, Anthony, we don't even know who the manager is going to be. You'd hope there would be a new manager bounce, but I don't have any confidence in this team. So uh, there's supposedly we might get Hugo and Basuma back after the break. I don't know if it'll be as soon as Everton. Uh, but then again, were those guys really great before they got hurt? Um, so I don't know. It's really hard to tell what's what's going to happen in that one. Uh, maybe the new manager bounce. I mean, I I still think Basuma is a good player. Um, I think he, he just did, doesn't fit the Conte system. So maybe a new manager will start to get something out of him. But I don't know if it would come that fast uh, after uh, uh, international break, um, recovering from injuries, unless he gets into training um, th- this upcoming week and really shows something. Uh, but yeah, it's. And and actually, to be honest, um, do we really think maybe Forrester's the better option at this point Um, from what we've seen from Hugo this year? Uh, uh, Go ahead, Jeff. We should should give him a shout-out, too. He got called up to the England squad, too, to replace Nick Pope. So So apparently Southgate believes in him. He he did well enough to show him that he did belong for this useless friendly. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, to, to cover an injury, I guess. But yeah, no, that's—I uh, didn't hear that. So that—that that, that is uh, a good shout for him, uh, Tommy. What do you got for this uh, this match? 
Yeah, I mean, the issue with Everton is you do have the guy known as Sean Dyche. Um, they play more pragmatic football, so they're going to grind out points if they need to. I mean, they're doing okay right now, so I think to a certain degree they do control their own destiny. It's just the fact that they're playing in Goodison Park, it doesn't bode well for us. Um, how Sam said that, like, you know, playing away, not great. Um, but also the fact that, you know, Everton, yeah, they're 15th right now, but the fact that they could use a few more points, I, I would like to think that they're still highly motivated where they would have to, you know, to take us on. Um, also playing Monday night. So that does not help the cause either. So like <clears throat> I would say everybody else is watching us, but I mean, regardless, let's hope that the team that is in, you know, does well enough. And then let's go from there. I, I still believe that, you know, Forster's doing well where he should keep his spot for the time being or with Hugo Lloris. Yeah. He's, I think he might be on his way out at the end of the season, just because, even though he has another year left. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I think the biggest blessing in the sky still is the fact that we have this is the last competition, so we can still push for fourth. We'll see how the team responds. Maybe uh, Antonio Conte comes crawling back a little bit and reach, and he's like, you know what, I, sh- I should have thrown a. You guys under the bus, it still stands. Let's work together. Maybe they can uh, have a late run. It remains to be seen, though, but let's that, let's see how it goes. That sounds like a fantasy to me, Tommy. But, uh... Well, yeah, fan fiction or fanfic that I wrote up <laughs> you know, earlier today. <laughs> but, but no, I, I understand the point. Like, anything could happen here. Um, uh, I think this is probably a good place to go to predictions. Uh, let, let's uh, start with Sam first. Uh, prediction, um, I'm going to say it's going to be a 1-0 loss. Uh, late goal by Everton, like in the 80-something minute, um, probably by someone along the likes of DeMar Gray or Dominic Cowart-Lewin. Yeah, I, I just don't feel very good com- coming into this, no matter who the manager is. it's We're just kind of in a lame duck period right now. Yeah, uh, let's go to uh, Jeff next. Um, I'm going to go with, let's believe that the players are going to take this press conference as incentive to prove that they're not as dog shit as Conte said they were. And they're going to come out and with something to prove and say they win 2-1 because there's no way we're ever going to keep a clean sheet. Um, so I'll say 2-1 okay. with uh, Kane and Poro. Kane and Poro, that that would make sense. Uh, uh, Tommy, what's your prediction? I got a similar prediction, 2-1. Um, actually, I don't know how Richarlson's injury is, but I'll just say Kane and Richarlson. Okay, uh, I am going to say 1-1. One, one, uh, goal from Harry Kane. Um, and I'm going to say... Uh, um, can I get an extra point if I predict that uh, Ryan Mason gets a red card as a uh, interim coach? No. No? No extra points for me? Uh, if that happens, come on. That's got to be extra points. But, okay. Uh, uh, Jeff, you wanted to jump in? 
Oh no! I, I oh I thought you wanted to jump in. Um, well, let's let's have just like a final little wrap up conversation. So we went through this experience, the South Southampton loss, or it felt felt like a loss draw. Um, Conte's comments, and now it looks like uh, everything's uh, falling apart, and now we're uh, uh, we're we're shopping for a coach now instead of. Uh, um, end of the season. Um, how are you guys feeling after this week going into the international break? How are you guys going to get through? I guess that's my question. How are you guys going to get through this international break uh, dealing with this? Uh, Tommy? Yeah, I'm going uh, to hopefully kind of like Spurs be vigilant with Sweden, but I don't have trust in the leadership, so they'll probably disappoint me, but we'll see, I guess. And also, MotoGP is starting on Sunday, so that'll be a nice distraction to have. Move over, move on to other distractions. That's exactly a solution. Um, how about you, uh, Jeff? Uh, yeah, find other things to be distracted about. Although it sounds like um, the firing and potential Ryan Mason interim manager will happen this week, um, which will be more depressing. I mean, it's just so. <laughs> It's so depressing, and yeah, the big thing is going to be see what the club does next, and we might not even see that until the summer. So it just kind of feels like being in a holding pattern. Yeah, no, it's it it really is a painful hold, holding pattern. How about you, Sam? Um, well, for me, it's probably got a, a busy couple of weeks at work, so work is obviously the greatest distraction. So I've told you a lot of you guys at the pub, I'm actually at a very happy p- spot in my career right now. So um, that's going to be good for me. Um, supposed to be some nice weather. Also, don't want to get too political, but, you know, um, watch some news out of the Manhattan, Manhattan District DA's office tomorrow. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be watching that, too. Uh, I don't really know how I'm going to distract myself. Maybe like uh, an episode of Tid Lasso each week will help. Um, but uh, um, uh, maybe a U.S. match here and there. Um, I've got some medical shit sh- I got to get done that's coming up that's, uh, that, that will probably take my mind away from it. But let's face it, uh, there's probably going to be a lot of drama on the Internet. Uh, over the next uh, few days, so I'll probably be uh, reading a hell of a lot about that throughout. So that that should keep me going through. But um, it's been a great conversation today, guys. Good episode. Uh, thank you. Um, actually, I'm Anthony, and you can find me on Twitter at Callahan42, K-A-L-I-H-A-N-42. Um, Tommy, where can they find you? Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, uh, my handle is Lily White Coys. Sam, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I'm at the uh, Four Stars uh, Spurs Twitter account. If you have any uh, questions about the podcast directly, you can ask them. DM me there. I'm also at on Instagram sfmills87, as uh, well as Facebook uh, Sam Mills. Okay, and Jeff, where can they find you? Uh, Facebook, uh, you're part of the Chicago Spurs uh, group there. Uh, so Tommy or Sam can track me down. Great, great. Well, uh, 
that about wraps it up. So thank you so much to Tommy, Sam, and Jeff for being on today. Um, and thanks to Tommy for editing today, Charlie for the music, Sam for social media, Kimberly for the logo, and as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill. Uh, come on out when we get back from international break and watch uh, with us there in, at uh, Foreverton. Uh, find us on our many platforms. Uh, uh, hit the subscribe button and write us a review on those platforms or give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Stars Furs and our website at 4 Come on. Please.